Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. All right, welcome to Plan for Life Now, the podcast. I am Steve Giuliani. And I'm Dave Murray. You know, before we start, because we don't know when you're listening to this, today was the day we're recording this. The great, beautiful Thursday, mm-hmm. seventy. I was drunk. Steve and I played golf this morning. <laughs> you know, we're we're allowed to occasionally Dave, take a break from the from the grind of the podcast. The pressure, not the podcast. <laughs> the actual work, right? Forget the podcast. But uh, we were because we did. We were, you know, we were smart enough to look way out on the calendar mm-hmm. and say, you know, we're not going to have a client meeting on the morning. Of Thursday, February, whatever today, twenty third, yeah, twenty third, because it's already projected to be seventy degrees. So great weather forecast. Last week they had this pretty much called. I was driving back uh, from the course, and it was seventy seven on my car. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, this is so why I don't amazing. Want winter. That's why I hate winter. It's why right. I'm not gonna say if you like. A lot of people listening to this say, "Hey, you know what? I like winter. I like a snowy day, and I like you know what." If we never had a snowy day similar to this winter, I'm cool. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. I mean, we've had a stretch. You know what would really awesome. hurt? It would really hurt all the snowbirds going down to Florida because it we would. Get a lot of clients go down to Florida, and rightfully, you know, I would do that too if I could. I but based on this winter, I see why they're going to Florida. Yeah. Um. Yes, beautiful day today. It's supposed to be beautiful tomorrow, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Well, it's fun to do that. Um, we wanted to talk about something that was on Bloomberg last week, and yes, it was from our old friend, wait, there it is, there it is, that's the music, that's Barry's music, that's the music that tells you something brilliant is coming, right, right, so hopefully you know, Barry Ritholtz is saying, oh, that's the music that reminds me, these guys are stalking me, (laughs) these guys are stalking me, and they're still not paying me for all this brilliant it's brilliant should be idea. paying us for the plugs we That's give true. this guy. Yeah, I mean, this is public stuff out there. Um, so, as hopefully everybody knows who listens to this, um, you know, we try to stay out of politics when we talk about finances. We're not going to try to, you know, take one side or the other. We want to try to stay, if we can, above the fray and say. Let's try to look at this objectively. How might this policy, this president, this whatever impact your investment? Right. And the reason we do that is, A, it might make common sense, but B, it makes historical sense. Because yeah. when you look at every president, you're noticing that these presidents, the new president, regardless of what you feel about that person, is not determining right. how the markets are doing. Yep. And we went through all that stuff around the time of the election about historical returns of Republican, Democrat, split House and Senate, and all that kind of stuff combined. So we don't need to rehash all of that. But 
I thought this was a fantastic article that was in Bloomberg, uh, investing with the pros and cons of Donald Trump, right? And that is probably, if we're getting any one question most often <laughs> from people, it's something like, hey, you know, what do you think about the market? Well, with And if, if any one human being on this earth has more people passionate about their pros and cons, yeah. it would be Donald Trump. Right. So doing a pros and cons list here, I thought that he straddled the line perfectly of you know being partisan or, or anything like that where you feel like you know, he's coming down one side or the other. So lists out here five pros and cons, and let's go through the pros first because be positive about all of this okay. and look at all the good stuff. So what are the pros? And I know some people out there, I mean, we've sat down with some people who go, it's impossible. There are no pros to, to President Trump. You go, hold on a second. You know, there are different sides to everything. There are different opinions. And by the way, we heard that an awful lot with President Obama. I mean, how many times did we hear, there's just no good, there's nothing good is ever going to come from President Obama. Right. And I don't know if it came from him or it was just a circumstance of where the economy was recovering to, but the market did quite well under President Obama. So what are the five pros that uh, Barry lists out here? Um, number one, tax reform. Okay. Now, you can have different opinions on this, but a lot of economists will say that lowering corporate tax rates in particular uh, could certainly help to stimulate growth and stimulate business. Um, you've also probably heard about these companies that have money overseas and they don't repatriate it to the United States because they're going to pay all right. these taxes. So lower tax rates could really help in that sense. Right. right. Certainly a positive. Um, deregulation. Um, now, I, I would probably put deregulation both in the pros and the cons because, yes, I, I think and, you know, certainly in our business, um, you know, our business has a fair amount of regulation. And if you're a client of ours and you've been with us for a while, you've seen how the paperwork for us to open an account has gone from one or two pages to 15 or 20 to oh, yeah. 30 or 40 to open it's, one it's account. a lot of paper. That is all regulation. That's all compliance. That's mm -hmm. all, you know, at the end of the day, we feel that's protecting you and that's a good thing. But, you yeah. know, it is. There's certainly a lot of people in our industry who think that the regulation has gotten out of control. And I'm not talking about that fiduciary thing, which we've no, talked I, about on this show a lot. Which we believe in, you and I. I think most. Ugh, but he wants to, to deregulate that too. All right, I was going to try to search <laughs> for the right. We're not going to go down there, but the bottom line is, whatever. I, I was searching for the right word to say most. The only thing I can think of is honest <laughs> advisors are in favor of the fiduciary rule. Sure, something that says we're going to do what's in your best interest, and we right. have to do what's in your best interest. That's just common sense. Right. So, okay, so deregulation, though, but we do all know the horror stories that, you know, depending on what industry, you know, I've got a, a brother-in-law does a lot of stuff in real estate and talks about, you know, just on a local level about how he's got to get this permit, this has got to be double-checked and triple-checked and blah, 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 and it's, it's this line of when is too much regulation hindering business and when is it really protecting people? But getting rid of regulation helps 
business. You might not like sure. look at coal. It's a great example. Coal. Now you could dump coal. Whatever the thing about dumping coal. Whatever waste in streams and right. fee, whatever. Now you you might say, well, guess what? I don't want coal waste to be in my streams from an environmental point of view. But if you're in the coal business, mm-hmm. hey, now we're going to be able to make more money, thus create more jobs in coal. There's a super controversial topic right there in the Trump world, ver- pro versus con, based on your opinion. But at the end of the day, when it comes to pure money and business, is that is that good for money? Is that yeah, good for right. more, a little, even if it's whatever thousands more jobs? Sure. Okay. So we've got tax reform, deregulation, infrastructure spending. Don't go listening to this thing. Dave wants to dump coal waste (laughs) in streams. A, I don't. That's not how I feel. I'm just talking about purely on the business side. Sure. Um, So number three here, this is on the pros list, um, infrastructure spending. So there's been a lot of talk about how the infrastructure in this country is outdated and whether it's bridges, roads, tunnels, ports, water systems, whatever, um, a lot of that could be upgraded and there's you know talk of this $1 trillion spending package on refurbishing all of this. Hey, that could tend to boost things up. Now, <laughs> like coming up with the $1 trillion, uh, Yeah, I was going to say. We got to figure that out. Let's, uh, I don't want to be uh, taking all the pros and just <laughs> jumping in with the con argument to each one, um, but we've had experiments before of generating money, you know, these quantitative easing programs or to take it to the extreme, the cash for clunkers and things like right. that, where, you know, you could question whether that was a good thing. Now, infrastructure, if it's being spent well and it really is making things more efficient and upgrading, that's a great thing. Um, Number four here is sentiment. Um, And we've certainly seen this since the election. I mean, you you can't argue that since the election, anything really tangible has happened or changed in the economy. But the stock market's up 10%. So that would be an effect of... And at this point, it's interesting because I I find of all the... The things that are going on back when Obama, you look at Obama's whole term, a lot of people didn't like Obama. So we'll just talk about the Obama haters. I don't want to invest with Obama. This is not going to work out. I don't like him. I don't agree with anything. At the end of the day, it was the the biggest bull market for any one of the biggest president. bull markets. Yeah. Okay, so now look at Trump. I everybody who hates Trump didn't want didn't vote for him. Hate him. Can't believe he's president. The whole. The whole routine. I would assume the stock market's going to plummet the moment he's elected. And it did plummet the moment he was apparently elected. But from that moment, <laughs> which was literally a couple hours in futures, the market has done unbelievably well, regardless yep. of your opinion on him, of all the protests. And obviously, controversial lightning rod, but you can't argue with numbers. And that would be where we are right now. Right now, I re- being today, the really nice day in February. <laughs> All right. So number five on the pros list is, uh, for right now, a single-party rule. So when you've got the, the presidency, the House, and the Senate all controlled by a single party, in theory, you can get some stuff done. And you don't just have this deadlock, this you know gridlock where nothing gets done. All right, so right. those are the. Which, the, by the way, I would kind of disagree with. My feeling is when you have gridlock, a lot of times it's good for markets because things don't get done. 
which doesn't, which leads to nothing controversial getting done, which leads to the steadiness that's in true. general that markets tend to like. So I don't know if I agree with Barry on that one, but that's okay. okay. All right. So on the cons list, and this is where you know I do think this might get some people a little bit more riled up. Um, you know who maybe are more pro Trump. Um, number one, he says, you know, maybe he's got some of the wrong priorities. Uh, and he says the mu- Muslim immigration clapdown, challenging the independence of the Fed, bizarre and ill-qualified cabinet selections, antagonizing China and other trade partners for no reason, embracing Russia and its rogue regime. Uh, the more president wastes time on misplaced priorities, the less these positives cited above will matter at all. Um, and I, you know, regardless if you think any or all of those things that he's done are justified. I think that's true. I mean, some of this stuff, it's going, why are, you know, what's the point of this? Why are you, how is this helping us? Is there just this end game that nobody else here sees? Or is this just a distraction and it's, it's not going towards the goal of, of progressing America and making, I'm not going to say that, <laughs> making America better. <laughs> Again, boy. That was a wimpy, noodly slogan that he ended up, it was smart for him not to go with that one. Making America, America. Yeah, better than now. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Just yeah, no better. Just like, not, yeah, better. Right. Um, number two, 2018 congressional elections. Um, we all remember back in 2010 uh, when the Tea Party, you know, really kind of rose to prominence in those midterm elections there um, and opposed, you know, President Obama you could potentially see in 2018 this backlash that Trump has generated, generate this new support in, in 2018. I don't think the Democrats have any chance in the Senate, but they do have a chance in the House that they potentially could uh, take control there. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I Again, these are this is Barry on the negative side. We're in a domino effect mode. If Trump were to continue to get, do too many bizarre things, which leads to a lack of confidence, that would domino effect into the 2018 election. Right. We're still super early. Yeah. feels like it's been a long time, but it's, you know, he's only actually been president now a month. <laughs> so a lot can change on that. In other words, if he fixes the first thing you mentioned, that should fix the second thing yep. on that side. Same thing. If well, the first thing goes worse or the same, I would say, with erraticness, the second thing can gain a lot of momentum, and it could be tumultuous. But it would still require one thing that we haven't ever seen in American history. Young people going out and actually voting, not just protesting. As, a, the, as an older man now of 55. <laughs> to the extent that older people vote, you're right. I mean, it's it's not even close. Um, and honestly, all of these things, I mean, I'm going to talk about the next one that he lists here on the cons list, is pivot to being presidential. Um, so this this article first came out, by the way, after that press conference that President Trump held a week ago. Right, um, and even that seems like a long time. Ago. I mean, <laughs> it does yeah. seem like hey, forever we saw that, ago. Quite frankly, a little worrisome. You know, yeah. he was a uh, he was uh, a little off that day. But the bottom <laughs> but the bottom line is, even a week later, whenever that was, which we're recording this now, you know, kind of in the rearview mirror. Remember something when you listen to this. You're going to be saying, Dave, what about what happened Friday? Hey, it's Thursday. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what happened Friday. But as of now, we've seen a little more steadiness. Imagine, eh, you know, that doesn't mean his policies have been steady. It just means that basically he hasn't been off 
derailed. So I, I so I think a lot of this negative with Trump can either be super negative, mm-hmm. or or we would look back at these and say, yeah, it seemed that way after the first month, but it turned but it out it wasn't a big deal. That, I'm not saying Trump's not going to be Trump, right? Don't get me wrong, but you know how far off is it going to be? I would say, well, keep going. Let's see if he mentions one thing that I was just thinking. Uh, well, the next thing to... is scandals and legal issues. Yeah, that would be the one that I would be the most worried about. So, I, I mean, you know, we've heard this <laughs> number of times. I've seen a bunch of articles where people say, no, he's not even going to make it through the presidency. They're, you know, he's going to be impeached or it's going to be some sort of scandal or whatever. You know, I don't know if that, that's going to happen or not, but that's certainly... You know, I would have put that up higher on the list. I don't know if these are in priority rank, but I would have put that up there to say, hey, this is something I'd, I'd be concerned about. Yeah, part of it, a big part of it is, are they going to, is the Trump administration going to get their act together? And a lot of times, other administrations start out helter-skelter mm-hmm. making mistakes. I don't feel like going through all the history. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I don't know the history, Steve. I do. I still feel like <laughs> going through it. So, but the bottom line is, yeah. If they iron this stuff out, um, we're probably going to be okay as far as what the real bet. But if they don't and things are just going, I mean, you almost had an impeachable scandal right out of the gate. You need to like the Russia thing. I mean, oh, right. somehow Trump was of Trump said he would. I would have told him to do that. You don't say that. <laughs> About Flynn, I mean, because right. if you actually did tell him, then I don't think you'd be president right now. So the he's got to, you know, somebody's, yeah. they got to work on that part because I mean, no i don't think anybody i mean anybody who's worried about their money should not want an impeachment well, your no, money right now your money saying yeah, i don't want an impeachment because i don't want that kind of uncertainty and volatility well you took number five which i really think i really think probably could be all of these um and number five is uncertainty um and i think that's kind of if we we're going to sum this up you know when you look from a business perspective take the you know, 30,000 foot view of all of this. You look from a business perspective, you've got a Republican president, House and Senate. They're going to tend to have more business friendly practices for companies, for growth. Um, And then you kind of go down, not from 30,000 feet and you take a look and you'd say, what's the big X factor? Well, it's President Trump. Who knows what he might do on any given day? Um, and that could disrupt things. Any uncertainty, markets don't like uncertainty. You know, they like things smooth and steady, and you know that's that's what they like. Right now, playing it further. I mean, if, if we were to look right now, all we could say is, as of today, the stocks from when Trump, you know, was elected, the stock market has done unbelievably well. Mm-hmm. If it were to have some of these negatives take hold, and we were to have a big hit in the market, and it could be for other reasons it could just flat out be the something happens that's a catalyst of a market ready for a correction right that can happen within the next four years and i that's there's a good chance in the oh, next in eight the next years four years if, if trump sure oh i would, course, you agree right i so, would put better than even money it. on sure. odds on that yeah but when that happens you know you got to look at the fact that all these things are short term Yep. Yeah, they might feel like long term, and when it actually goes on a while, it's long. But in the grand scheme of you know decades, uh, your retirement, it's it's a short term scenario. And like anything else, you do not want to make a panic move. Yep. And as we know, 
<laughs> as we close out a lot of these, when we do topics like this, it's why it's important to be prepared. It's why it's important to have an actual game plan when you're in your 50s and 60s and 70s yeah. that says, hey, I'm, not, I'm withdrawing money, but I know that I'm withdrawing my money to live on from places that aren't really affected by the ups and downs in stocks. Yeah, and I mean, this is what we always talk about is that you've got to plan ahead of time before the crisis hits. You know, if you're calling, um, you know, we had a couple of people call the morning after the election and they thought that it was a crisis. If you're calling then to try to react and it had wound up being, you know, a big down day, it's too late. You know, you, you can't react once the crisis hits. You've got to have planned for it ahead of time. Um, and I think, you know, I think we preach that all the time, but I think it bears repeating again and again. All right. As usual, I will post the link to this uh, Bloomberg article right down here below the podcast, and we'll see you guys all next week. 